Hello and welcome to the Junk Show. In this week's episode, there is more government hacking. There is also something to do with termites, mingites, something like that. I'm sure Eric will fill us in. Stay tuned for that and a lot more, more and a lot more in this week's episode. Oh. Welcome to the Jarek Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Crone. Timely topics poorly presented. Eric Crone, my man, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Where'd you learn to talk, man? I mean, this isn't even like the morning where you're at. This is afternoon, man. You should be nailing it by now. No, you, you know, um, I, I saw this uh, comedian, this comedy sketch the other day, and the guy's talking about universities, and he's like, I have a friend. He put, he's in 40 grand debt, and he'd done a degree in English. He goes, I learned English for free. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Well, hey, I got to say, I'm noticing the new adornment behind you there, the very crooked shelf. And uh, look at all those trophies and awards on there. Is that like a pat yourself on the back shelf right there? <laughs> well, you know, I thought anyone can be a dad like you've got in your background, but it takes a real man to win awards in cybersecurity. Hey, so, what can I say? Yeah, I, I actually have a trophy around here somewhere for adulting. So pretty happy about that one, you know. <laughs> All right. So having said that, what do we got going on today? So we have got some more cases of government's hacking. Uh, well, I say hacking, but it is hacking. Uh, so um, apparently some good government uh, civil servants, they got, got hold of the Imotet um, ransomware, took control, and they took it upon themselves to go in and clean up this town. Uh, what do you make of this, Eric? Yeah. So just, just for clarification, Imotet is a botnet not necessarily ransomware. It is used to spread all kinds of malware. But yeah, basically what happened here is um, a couple of federal groups got a hold of, I believe it was two of the three um, command and control servers for Emotet. Now, Emotet's been huge. It's been huge for a long time. Um, and you know, it's one of those botnets that you can rent time on. You can do that. And I believe it was the US and Canadian law enforcement that got together on this thing. Well, what they decided to do was they said, well, you know what? We have access to this botnet now. Let's go ahead and let's uh, let's use the command and control servers to push out an uninstall software. And so what they're doing is they're actually going out and they're using the Emotet when it connects in for its command and control stuff. They're telling it to uninstall itself, basically, or, or dropping more software on there that's going to uninstall itself. The problem with that is, you know, we've seen this happening now in a couple of cases. We recently talked about the exchange server where the FBI was going through um, using a search warrant authority to basically, um, you know, fix these things. Well, now they're taking active roles and actually deleting software and things like that on these machines. And and me, I, I, I'm torn on this because I think, oh, it's a great idea. But on the flip side, that's kind of invasive. And it doesn't seem like people are being um, notified that this is happening, right? They're just doing it. And with Emotet, a lot of times it's used as a dropper to pull more stuff down on that machine. So they're taking care of Emotet, um, but they're not taking care of any of the other stuff running on it. So, 
you know, what are they doing here now? And, and there's always that risk if they're trying to remove it while let's say the admin is trying to remove it or run some forensics to figure out what happened with it, they could be screwing up a whole lot of things. And on top of that, there was a coding error in here where it was supposed to copy some stuff, I believe, to a temp folder and delete it. And that uh, that part of the code was broken. It didn't work. Now, it didn't destroy anything, but here's a big what if. What if that code screwed up and blew up these boxes, right? So um, I think this is a, a slippery slope. I think this is something that we as an industry really need to discuss how this is going to be handled. What do you think, Javad? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's it's really something that an industry needs to to get get grips on. And I get it from a law enforcement perspective. If you've got access to these things, you can see all these machines that are vulnerable. You want to clean them up as quickly as possible. But um, I'd say it's they need to get in touch with the large vendors that provide the uh, operating systems for these platforms, whether it be Mac, whether it be windows or whoever and say hey this is what we found this is what we got access to now let's work together just to do a quick assurance check to see does it work is our code appropriate uh, is there a way we could uh, get all of this done through a proper update that users download and install as a security fix so that it can remove the uh, the persistence and it can do a search and clean up any uh, anything that's malicious that's left there so you know there's a whole bunch of things that we could take um make it a a proper process like how we've got patching as a as a, as a general process anyway um and 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 doing this it's again i think like the uh fbi cleaning up the uh the exchange servers that we spoke about last week that seemed to be um quite political in its timing as well because that happened and the next day uh the the, the us government came out banning a whole bunch of um russian firms from doing uh, business on, on, on their soil and, uh, or in government departments and what have you. So it might have been a, a precautionary measure that said, hey, we're going to come out with this. We don't want people to take advantage of it or retaliate. So let's quickly shut this down before we announce that. And, and that's understandable. But but, but then it's, it's again, it, you, you're, you're muddying the waters even more with, with a lot of politics, which, which can go both ways. Yeah. And when the government is quietly going in and making changes to other people's configurations or whatever their their devices that's that's crossing a line in my mind i mean it just like it you know yeah it's a it's a great idea it's wonderful that they can do this but should they right what, what was the old uh line from jurassic park you know yeah crazy bastard did it um you know and uh, <laughs> uh we spent so much time yeah trying to figure out if we we could we didn't figure out if we should that sort of stuff and so i, I want to keep an eye on this sort of thing and what's going on because it seems like once we've done this a couple times and they've looked around and there hasn't been total outrage it's going to be a whole lot easier to do it again and maybe take it to the next step in the future so exactly and, and just to tie into this very very briefly before we, we move on is that it's on one hand you can say hey it's really good because we're the good guys and you know the good guys are doing this so therefore it's all okay but we, we have to realize that we we live in a big world it's not just us and so um kaspersky uh believes uh, i like the word believe it found new cia malware so um they, they they found a collection of malware samples and they did analysis and you know they it's it's basically cia hacking operations at work so 
obviously the, the details aren't, aren't, are irrelevant, <laughs> he says. No, I don't think they're, they're very relevant, but I think what, what it bears in mind is that this is what all governments are involved in, all parties are involved in, they, uh, defensive measures and actively um, offensive measures as well. And so when you do something like start patching your, your own nation states um, um, servers without even informing the people just because you're afraid of something like that, then you can start um, assuming the same thing will happen to you in your operations and in your business dealings abroad as well. So I think it's something that we just need to be mindful of in, in whichever solution you go for. Yeah, this is interesting. You know, this is, yeah, it's no surprise that the CIA does this kind of stuff. Nobody in this industry should be shocked by these kinds of tools being done. Um, I do think it's interesting. I think they said that it rolled out, um, what, 2014 to 2015 or something like that, I believe I read in this when we skimmed through it. And we're only now, I suppose, um, finding it. Yeah, yeah. We're deploying, yeah it's like, okay, this is, this is some decent stuff. I mean, honestly, um, you know, all the nations have this sort of thing, this, this capability. And frankly, it's a very significant capability for a nation's defense and offensive power these days. And so it doesn't surprise me that this kind of stuff go, goes on. Um, we always hear about the other nation states. We hear about North Korea. We hear about China. We hear about all that kind of stuff, um, you know, in systems. Uh, but rarely do we hear about it from our own side. So uh, wonderful that we we caught this little bit here. Yep, that's right. That's right. So anyway, let's move on to something completely different. Um, there's been a data breach at, that <laughs> exposes information from 165,000 Wyoming people in Wyoming. Let's go with that. What do you say? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, this was another, um, another one of those oopsie things, right? The people side, um, they unfortunately dumped this on GitHub and uploaded 165,000 pieces of information. Now, the information wasn't super critical, right? Um, it was things like, it was, I don't believe it was like socials. It wasn't that kind of information. It was about COVID results and I believe um, alcohol tests, things like that. Now, ultimately we look at that and we go, okay, it's not, it's not super valuable to attackers because they can't really sell that on the dark web for, for much of anything, right? It's not like what you need to take over an identity necessarily. Um, but it, Anytime information like this is dropped out there, my brain goes straight to social engineering. And I'm like, okay, so they have the, the information around COVID tests when it happened and all that kind of good stuff. Now you have this on an individual. If you're targeting that individual, I mean, what went through my mind immediately is an email that says, you know, phishing email that says something like, hey, um, this is a follow-up email based on your COVID test on XYZ day. There are some critical things you need to know that changed. Click this link to, uh, you know, to check it out and either take them to somewhere where they're going to get them to put in, oh, confirm your social security number, confirm these sorts of things um, or drop malware, to, you know, infected documents, whatever. I mean, something like this as, from a social engineering standpoint is a gold mine to be able to form some attacks. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And 
I, I think an interesting part of this also is if we put aside the social engineering tech and we just look at the data and like you rightly said, it's not a massive amount of data, but there's a concept, um, Wendy Nather, when I was at 441 Research and she was the research director, she coined a phrase called the chemistry of data. And um, it's kind of like, are you? this is an inert bit of data on its own, it doesn't do anything, but you add it with en enough other bits of data, like you add enough chemicals together and you can get something that's quite dangerous. Yeah, and you know, yeah, in the military side, we did that with classified information. This piece may not be classified, but when you put it with this piece and this piece, all of a sudden it becomes classified. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, so this is it. It's the, this is just a piece in a jigsaw puzzle. And the more pieces you give to someone, the, the more of, of, of your identity they, they can see and, and then manipulate or weaponize in, in some way, shape, or form. So, I think. Um, you know, we, we should never downplay these kinds of breaches or leaks because everything has value. Even even things like where you prefer to order your pizza from and what toppings you like can be weaponized against you in a way. So that, that's why I think it, it's, it's, it's super important that, you know, in this day where everything's connected and data is the currency and data is the model that a lot of businesses use to base all their business on, um, it, it it's kept you know, everything is kept as secure as possible. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point. And I, I just thought about this as we were talking, um, or as you were talking, but um, uh, we had looked at like taking a trip down to the Bahamas, not far from us here in Florida. Um, but one of the things they're doing in the Bahamas is they require, of course, a COVID test within like five days, I think, of departing the US going into the Bahamas, right? So if that information is in that, let's say I put down that, you know, this, why are you doing the COVID test? COVID test is for trip to blah, 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 blah. Well, now they know that I'm going to be out of country during this time. And if I'm somebody who's a person of interest or an executive, they, they know that I'm going to be out. So this is a great time to start pulling things like business email compromise scams or whatever. I mean, there, there are so many things that you can glean from this information. Like you said, when you put it together with some other things that you really start thinking about it, the stuff that seems benign can actually be pretty um, pretty dangerous in the wrong hands and the wrong time. So I, I agree with you 100%. We should never treat something like this as minor. And of course, they want to make it sound minor from a PR perspective, you know, when it's like, oh, well, it was just, and, and the key thing that I always see is it wasn't credit cards and it wasn't social security numbers. You know, everything else, you're just to go, ah, it's nothing, you know? Um, because that's what people key in on. It's like, oh, is it my credit card information? Is it my identity? But no, we we cannot just kind of downplay that and be like, oh, if it wasn't that, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. And th there is one more story, Ed, and I didn't tell you about this because I, I overlooked it. We were talking about other things. We were talking about memes and stuff before we hit the report. <laughs> and uh, it's actually a feel good story. So you know about bug bounties? Uh, I assume yes. Um, have you ever actually partaken in a bug bounty or tried to or signed up to one of these platforms and tried to find something? No, not at all. I'm not much of a coder. I'm not much of a pen tester type person like that. That's just never really done my thing. I do CTFs on occasion just for fun, but I've never really tried bug bounties. No, you're not really much of anything, are you? Anyway, uh, there's uh, researchers. Um, they found out that there was uh, an infant that needed heart surgery. So they partook in some bug bounties, and they donated some of the money they got from that towards the um, towards the surgery for the for the for the baby. 
That's so uh, awesome, man. I can't even say how awesome that is. I mean, yeah, I'm just seeing this, but that's fantastic, man. That, you know, we live in such a dark um, type of world with what we do, right? We always hear about the bad. We always hear about people losing their shirts and like just everything they own, or we, we always hear about this and we're always in this world of risk and, and things going wrong, right? To have something like this pop up, man, actually, you just made my day with this because, frankly, this is awesome. We need to see more of the happy stuff like this uh, more often. So kudos for that. This is wow. Just wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, like you said, it's one of those feel good stories. It's not necessarily, I mean, obviously, like they use the bug bounty to get some of the money, but you know, it, it's it's more a story of the the goodness of people, and I think there is a lot of that in there, despite what being around you day in day out has made me feel about the world, Eric. Um, you know, I think there is. Um, I think we can agree that there's good in the world, can't we? I think we can. Yes, he can. And uh, I think on that note, we can end with a with an agreement. So until next week, stay secure, my friends. <laughs>